BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Move with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you have. Life can be pretty damn hard. And without a healthy mind, it's even harder. Check out online therapy at betterhelp.com mood and be on your way to a little more ease. This week, I'm going to be doing a solo episode, and I haven't done a Q&A in a really long time. So I figured since I've been traveling a lot, I'm pretty damn exhausted. Like I said, life is hard, you guys. Let's just like chat and talk a little bit. I asked you guys on Instagram on my Lauren Elizabeth account and Mood with Lauren Elizabeth account what you guys wanted to talk about this week. And we are just going to like off the cuff go through some stuff and talk about probably a bunch of different moods. But before that, let's let's talk about my best mood and worst mood of the week. I'll start with my worst mood because it was a little prevalent towards the end of this week. My worst mood was just like, oh my God, you guys, I hate leaving. I hate like leaving places, leaving people. I get really used to where I am, the routine that I've built there. And I was in California for a really long time. And as much as I was excited to come home and I have so many exciting things, you can be, you can be two things at once. You can feel two things. You can feel sad and happy. That is totally allowed. And my worst mood was that I was really, really sad. I don't like saying goodbye, even if goodbyes are really see you laters. I just was really, really sad on Sunday, on Monday, and I didn't even realize how sad I was and how weird it felt being back home until, of course, I started talking to my therapist and just started crying as I was trying to describe to her how I felt. And I was like, I guess I didn't realize I was sad. And it's funny because I was like, I don't know, I'm just exhausted. I woke up really early to catch a flight and then was on West Coast time and couldn't fall asleep even though I'd been up for like 20 hours. And she was like, you always like just say you're tired when you are actually really sad. She was like, you know, you're allowed to be sad, right? Like that's okay. And I was like, Rebecca, I mean, like obviously I know. No, I don't know because I like to pretend that everything's okay to myself, not just other people, to myself. And My worst mood was just that I was exhausted and sad. I was definitely exhausted because of the traveling. But on top of that, what I really, really was feeling was I was sad. And I think it's okay to be sad even when there are good things going on. You're allowed to just, like, honor your feelings and, like, get a good cry in and just kind of, like, put your phone down and, like, you know, just rest and feel your feelings. But my best mood this week was really talking about my feelings in a different way because It reminded me of what we talked about on the podcast with Ryan Hayden the other week where she was like, don't be afraid of the dark stuff. Like, make it make you curious about it. And then I was in therapy and I was kind of like, I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know if this is my anxiety. I don't know if this is my insecurity or if it's like legitimate things I should be concerned about. And either way, whether it's the anxiety or legitimate things, 
it scares the shit out of me. And she kind of reminded me the same thing that Ryan reminded all of us the other week is that you can actually just get curious about it instead of being afraid of it or instead of like falling victim to it and just like notice it and be curious about it and just like ponder it for a second, but not necessarily like succumb to it. And my best mood was really kind of like thinking about my feelings differently, talking about my feelings differently, because that's when I'm able to like live my life in the most kind of like emotionally mature and stable way, because I'm not just like succumb, like, because I'm not just getting overrided by my feelings a hundred percent of the time. Like I always tell you guys that your feelings aren't driving the bus. You're driving the bus. Your feelings are just on the bus. And like, you can listen to them that you can chat with them. They can maybe distract you or make you swerve a little bit. But at the end of the day, like you're the one driving, not your anxiety, not your sadness, not that. And so when you want to, And so when you talk about your feelings and think about your feelings differently, I think it can become a best mood even when your worst mood is maybe like the little more prevalent one. Like I was really, really sad this week, you guys. I was really, really tired. I was really, really overwhelmed. I was really confused. And all of it was going on inside my own head. It wasn't like outside things were making me sad. Yes, they were a part of it, but like I was really piling it on and in my own feels. Isn't that like a Drake thing, like in your feels? So my best mood was being able to think about them differently and talk about them differently and just kind of like self-soothe almost because I don't want to just like kind of be all over the place and when someone asks me how I am, be like, I don't know, like sound like a crazy person and feel like a crazy person. And so and so that was kind of like the overarching mood when it comes to best and worst of my week, which kind of sounds a little mumbly jumbly, but I think it's because that's how it feels in my head. Like part of me is like, I'm sad. And the other part is me, but like, it's good. I'm getting curious about it. And you know, I have things to be happy about, but I'm pretty confused and life feels overwhelming. And I feel lost at times, even though when I logically think about things, like life is kind of fine. It's just like a lot sometimes. And I think the main thing to take away is to not make it worse for yourself. Not, don't be the problem, be a part of the solution. That doesn't mean you don't acknowledge your feelings. You don't honor them. You don't feel sad. Of course you do. You're a human being, but don't make them worse. Feel them and honor them, but don't lean in so far where they take over and drive the bus for you. You guys, I am just like so life goals honored to be partnered with Majuri for the podcast. If you guys don't know Majuri, I don't, I, I, I don't, I I highly doubt it. This fall, it's all about the details, and Majuri is here to make your wardrobe transition smooth. Majuri makes fine jewelry for every day, minus the traditional 10 times markup. They have new limited edition drops every single Monday, instead of seasonal, like more traditional retailers. They have fresh new picks every week for every style, and their pieces are fairly priced, handcrafted, ethically sourced, and made to last. They have 14 karat gold staples that don't wear out or scratch easily. So I've had my Majuri pieces for years. I wear them all the time. It's just 14 karat is much more durable than 18 karat gold. And if you don't really understand that, just like think no more green fingers or fine jewelry that oxidizes. Their 18 karat gold verme is a much thicker layer of 18 karat solid gold over sterling silver. And it's like actually nothing like gold plating. If this is all overwhelming to you and you don't know where to start because you're not a jewelry addict like me, you can always play it safe with the Majuri icons. They have the dome, the croissant, the heirloom, the Charlotte collections. 
I have something from each of those, which is so embarrassing, but like that's how freaking cute they are. You've probably seen them imitated, but never duplicated. The four Majuri icons collection have risen to truly cult status from coast to coast across the pond and down under they've lined everyone's hands, ears, and wish list. You guys know the croissant and the Charlotte collection when you see it because they quickly became fine jewelry staples. They have something for every budget and for everyone, including women's, men's, and unisex pieces. If you need help deciding, just try virtual shopping. You can live chat with a you can live chat with a Majuri stylist one on one, get answers to all your burning questions, and then shop away. So visit Majuri.com and use code Mood for ten percent off your first order. That's Majuri.com slash Mood for ten percent off your first order. Let's jump into mood boosters as well because mood boosters are the Thing I have to lean on extra hard, especially when the worst mood feels a little more overwhelming than the best. What I did since I was so freaking tired, but had so many things to do this week, you guys, I, I literally was in bed on my phone. And the first thing I did to boost my mood is I was like, you know what? We're setting a new alarm. Like I'm that person that like, sometimes I don't need an alarm because my body just naturally wakes up. And I've been like that for a really long time. But after being on West Coast time and then being exhausted from a 5 a.m. flight, I was like, there is no way I'm waking up at like my normal 7, 7.30 tomorrow. I deleted every single alarm because I have like one every five minutes for every single hour of the day. And I was like, we don't need all this. So let's like, let's get rid of it. Let's clear it out. And I made a new one. I set it to a song because I was like, all the Apple sounds are annoying. I mean, it's really embarrassing, but like I don't use iTunes. I use Spotify. So like all I had to choose from was Taylor Swift. So I put like a relaxing Taylor Swift song on, which I'm actually not mad about. I really like the way it wakes me up. And I wrote like a cute, like cheesy little mood booster line on it. it it's really cheesy. It just says, wake up. Uh, thank God crush life <laughs> and then it's playing Taylor Swift and I even set it for every single day at the same time so it's kind of been cool too like I ha haven't been setting an alarm at night because I just put it on for every single day besides Saturday and Sunday and it boosted my mood because it made me feel like okay look like you're starting a routine on a fresh slate you have this beautiful new alarm to wake up to it's going to go off every single day whether you like it or not because you auto programmed it and like there you have a mood booster I also went on my phone and I did a notes list. And so I basically, I love that you can make things like bold, like bigger, italic, and then you could do the little checks. So I did one for every single day this week because I had so many things to do for work. And then my best friend's wedding is this weekend. So, and I can't look like an ugly, and I can't look like ugly Hagrid, which I tend to if I don't take care of myself. So I had to be like, okay, I have these appointments. I have these things for work. I have these things that I have to remember to go pick up before. And I made like a kind of Gorgina to-do list. And I like bolded the top. I put everything. I put like a mini bold of to-do. I made everything have a check so that I could check things off because that's like kind of the key to being more successful is actually checking things off a list, just FYI. And when I say successful, I just mean like living your best life. I don't mean like whatever freaking success means to society, just like feeling accomplished in yourself, making yourself proud. And I just put together this really awesome list. It made my mood boosted just even putting it together because I was like, it's all out of my brain and really organized. It looks really pretty. And I feel like I'm really trying. Like I feel like I'm giving great effort and wanting to get my life together this week, sticking to a plan, even if things don't go perfectly. Like that's why there's things in the to do. I didn't just put things on each day 
that I was like, oh, I'll do these that day and do these this day. It was like my appointments were those days. My due dates were those days for work. And then here's the to-do section that I can get done in the next four days. And then at the bottom, I used the little draw part of the notes app and I signed it because you should sign off on your life and you should be like, these are the things I'm promising and committing to do to be the best version of myself and here's my signature to make it legit and sign it like a document because I'm agreeing to it and there's my signature and it reminds you like look at my look at myself at the beginning of the week being so inspired and wanting to be motivated and I signed it and it's already Wednesday and I'm tired but it reminds you it's okay get back on track look at you you can do it and it's honestly just really helped me get everything done. And I love at the end of the day or when I'm doing something, just checking things off the list. It's been such a mood booster. And I have to say, you guys, being back home, a mood booster is just cooking again. I get so over ordering delivery. It doesn't always make me feel good. It stresses me out because I'm like that person that's like, why would I get one thing delivered? I should obviously add more to the order. And then I get all this food and it's like my eyes are always bigger than my stomach. So going to the grocery store and just like kind of, having the mood boost of like actually cooking as an activity and kind of like a mindful moment of my day, but then also like eating healthy and eating things that I like. It's just like the biggest mood booster ever cooking for me. I don't know why I've gotten so back into it because I like really didn't cook for a couple years and I'm just, and I missed it so much the past month, like not really being in my own space. And it was no, even though I was so tired, I like got myself to go to the grocery store and I've made like kale gnocchi. I made chicken tiki masala, like so many yummy things that feel healthy and feel good. And I have that mindful moment for myself and it is, and it has just been such a big mood booster for me to feel kind of good in my element and mindful, even when I have a million things on my to-do list. Another one of my absolute favorite brands is Article. Because Article is the easiest way to make your space look beautiful. They, this direct-to-consumer company combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of online shopping. And honestly, like, it's spooky season, and I want to start making chili and, like, pot roast and slow cookers and air frying. And, like, and I need things to help me entertain my friends and be the hostess of the mostest. So I need to get on Article and start making my place more cozy Their team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They're inspired by a variety of modern design aesthetics like mid-century, Scandinavian, industrial, bohemian. But obviously the best part is the fair prices because you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. So there's no showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. And they have fast, affordable shipping available across the USA and Canada, and it's free on orders over $999. I always get my article stuff so fast, and I really haven't gotten anything for my apartment, so I feel like I need to take advantage of all their new cozy pieces, and you guys, it will like last you forever. It's the best stuff. Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more, so go to article.com mood, and the discount code will automatically be applied. And the discount code will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash mood to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Okay, let's jump in and like see what is frigging going on in the Q&A section of my Instagram. We're just going to run through it and see where this takes us. Gabby asked, what are my favorite journal prompts? Honestly, I was thinking about this a couple days ago when I was like walking along the beach and I was just like, 
I know that everyone freaking loves journaling and I don't know what it is about myself, but I like cannot get myself to journal. And I think the only way I can do it is if it's really just like, here are three things you're grateful for. Here are like three things that I like, here are things that made me happy today. Here are things that I could work on. Just like keeping it really, really short. Like I'm not that person that's going to be writing pages of journal. And I think that even though it's something that everyone tells us is like so good for our mental health, it's so good because you're mindful and you're doing it. It makes you feel better. I just like, it's not like something I'm a hundred percent in on. It hurts my hand because I haven't written anything since I graduated high school. I type on my computer and on my phone and I know it has benefits and I know it will benefit me. But I think putting the pressure on myself to do it just because of that is like kind of the opposite of the point. So I think if I journal, I like to keep it short and simple and I like to not put too much pressure on it because or else it takes out the entire purpose, which is to like soothe your anxiety and make you feel better. And so I've just really tried to like stop putting so much pressure on myself to journal and find other mood boosters that are, that work for me at the moment because the it, journaling has just become this like big, like scary thing to me. And I don't know why I think it just like feels like it would take so much of my time. So if I keep it at least to like gratitudes and stuff like that, it helps a lot. Abby asked natural anxiety remedies. This is like pretty much the epitome of mood boosters because they are always just ways to naturally help your anxiety. But I think the first ones that come to mind that are actual kind of, that are actually kind of like more tangible is like different kind of like supplements and stuff I take. So I love obviously CBD. I think it really helps just like calm my nervous system, even if it doesn't make me feel like, feel like, oh my God, I feel like I have CBD in my system. And like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to fall asleep. Like I genuinely feel just like having it in my system is good for my nervous system that might be working overtime without me even realizing it. So it kind of just like physically calms my body down for me if I can't really do it as well. I also love the calm gummies, which are basically magnesium gummies. I think magnesium is so, so, so crucial and such a great natural anxiety remedy and their gummies, so it makes it, like, so much easier. I'm not really sure how I'm going to do this now that the weather in Chicago is getting shitty, but obviously a natural remedy for anxiety is, like, just getting out and getting fresh air, whether it's taking a walk, going on a bike ride, like, actually going and working out. But I always say this, you guys, endorphins are fucking real, and find something that works for you because it it's so real and it's, like, so worth it. And I feel like I've been also kind of like really exhausted and stressed this week because I haven't made time slash had time to work out and I know it would just like help me and my stress so much and kind of like get me back into a routine routine help with my stress and anxiety help with my sleep schedule so even though it sounds like maybe not the first thing you want to do aka work out or go outside or on a walk like it truly is a natural remedy for anxiety Amy said, advice on long distance. I've only been in a long distance relationship since, I don't know, whenever he got to San Diego a couple months ago. And I, and I went out to California for like a month of it. So I'm very, very new to this. I am not an expert at all. And I think like the only 
piece of advice that's really helped me so far and what I have to keep reminding myself because like I'm someone that definitely like quality time is my biggest love language and obviously when you're in a long distance relationship you don't get as much of that quality time but I think a big piece of advice that's helped me is a like when you do have that time together like it's even more special and something to be even more grateful for and just be more present for and also to look at long distance as like a advantage and strength instead of like a burden and like a negative thing because it kind of like forces you to actually really put in like the hard work into a relationship because relationships always are going to require hard work but it's so easy to get in routines and get in habits and like sit on the couch and both be on your phones and just like hanging out and like see each other and whatever but like when you're in a long distance relationship and you finally see each other like you find yourself like not being on your phones when you're together because like you barely get to spend time together so when you do like you want to take more advantage of it and like really having to communicate with each other and communicate your needs and your feelings and like what you want and how and stuff like that because like you don't have the luxury of just like mentioning something casually and then seeing each other the next day it's just it kind of heightens it a little bit but like not in a bad way in a way where it's just like you're more serious and you're more intentional with your time and your communication and I think it can really be something that makes your relationship really strong and really beautiful and incredible because you're just taking it more seriously and you're more intentional with it and you kind of pay more attention to it in a thoughtful way instead of just like letting little things get to you or like just like I don't know like sometimes relationships are easy to kind of just I don't know what I'm trying to say. Sometimes relationships are just easy to kind of like get in normal patterns and casual like and become really casual and stuff. And when you're in a long distance relationship, like you just don't have the luxury of like being super casual all the time because you have to like make plans and you have to figure out when you can communicate. And it's like this beautiful opportunity to like get creative and get honest and just like get more present with each other, I think. So my advice would definitely just try to be, so my advice would definitely be just trying to turn it into a positive and a strength as opposed to making it just this shitty thing and this shitty part of your relationship of like, oh, I can't wait for it to be over. Like, I hate long distance. Like, I get like that sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, I hate that this is long distance. Like, don't recommend being in a long distance relationship. Like, I never thought I was going to be in a long distance relationship. Like, I never sought it out. It just obviously happened. And I never thought I was capable of being in a long distance relationship. But I think it's making me as a person a lot stronger. It's forcing me to really focus on my independence because I don't just have this boyfriend that I can see every single day and that I can just like start revolving my life around. Like, I am forced to focus on my things and be alone with myself while also being there for someone else and having this relationship that I have to work really hard on so I think you just have to reframe it in your mind and focus on the good things get creative and try to focus on yourself as well because you want to focus on yourself even when you're in a relationship so long distance kind of gives you this opportunity in a way in which you maybe didn't want it but it is an opportunity so take advantage of it Hannah said how to deal with being excluded from friends slash being left behind. That's like tough because I think that like being left out is truly like one of the worst feelings ever. I just think that like it sucks and I think that there's no sugarcoating that. But you have to remember that like a 
try to think of like the people, like what did they do to you? How are they doing it to you? Like, is your ego hurt because you're like, Oh, I can't believe I'm not invited to that. But like, do you really want to be there? Like, do you really want to be with those people? Like that's kind of where your ego comes out of it because like, obviously your ego's hurt. Like no one likes not being invited to places. No one likes being excluded. You're like, what's wrong with me? Me, 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 me. Like that's like your ego. Right. And so I think that you have to focus on like, okay, this really, really sucks. No one likes being left out, but do I really want to be there? Is the way that I'm being treated by these people really how I want to be treated and how I would treat someone? And like, you have to really get real with yourself and just be like, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Cause like, these aren't clearly people that I want to be friends with because I don't want to be friends with people that would ever leave me out. I know that my best friends would never leave me out just because like it's it's so immature and like what's the point like if you have a problem or we have a problem we're gonna talk about it or we're gonna like get through it but like no one's leaving each other out on purpose like what are we 14 like we did that when we were 14 but like now we're 27 like if someone's leaving me out part of me is like okay this really hurts does this hurt because like my ego is hurt and I'm fragile or because like I really thought there was, or because this person is really important to me. I've had this happen to me before, actually a few months ago. And what I did is I was like, I'm really upset and I'm really hurt. And I think if I don't say something, our relationship can't, our friendship, AKA relationship can't continue to grow because I'm going to build a resentment against you and I'm going to like kind of like bury this and I hate confrontation. So of course I'm her and it's because you're genuinely a good friend to me. We've had a good friendship. I'm a good friend to you. Why would you not include me in this and not invite me? But I don't want to talk about it. So I'm just going to build a resentment and then it's going to just not allow our relationship to grow. And who knows how good of friends we're really going to be for the rest of our lives. So instead, I like really talked to my mom about it, talked to a different group of my friends about it. And I decided to talk to my friend about it and be like, listen, I just want you to know it really hurt me when you didn't invite me to this thing. I'm not really sure why you didn't. But I have to be honest because I don't want to just like build this resentment towards you and not tell you about it and like kind of deal with it in an immature way. And I just want to be honest. This is how I'm really feeling. And of course, we had some back and forth of like, well, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like blah, 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 like stupid, shitty excuses, whether they're excuses or not. Like part of me is like, if you're a real friend, you just invite someone. So like I don't need to hear of like, oh, like it was like supposed to be this and it was supposed to be that. Like I'm 27. Like you're either inviting me or like we're having a serious conversation about our friendship because like I should have been there. Right. And that's me being like a little ego, like a little bitchy. But it's true. Like that's what I expect from my friends. I include every single person I love in my life to every single thing. And if they're not included, it's clearly they don't expect to be because of the situation. And we got in this conversation where I was just like, listen, like I hear you and I'm just expressing to you that this is how I feel. It really hurt. And like, I feel as though like, let's communicate about it so that our friendship can be even deeper. And this doesn't happen again. And we can move forward in a healthy way and actually become stronger from it. And we did. We did literally exactly that. We had a little bit of back and forth. I was like, I don't need excuses. This is how I feel. She was like, 
well, this is how I felt. And I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I'm going to do everything in my power to be a better friend. And like, if you want me in your life, like I will continue to be a good friend and try to even be a better one. Like as long as like you can do the same for me. And we were able to do that. And like, everything's honestly been even better than it was before that. So it literally was a blessing in disguise because either you get rid of a shitty friend or your friendship becomes better. Our friendship literally strengthened after that little situation. And we started seeing each other more. We started communicating more just because we were able to have that open and honest communication in a kind and loving and necessary way. Not in a bitchy way, not in a tit for tat way. Even if it started to go tit for tat, I was like, I'm not engaging in this. I'm just going to like keep it simple and be like, I hear you. I understand. I'm sorry. Like, how can I be better this is how I feel and how, and I hope that you can be better in this way. And like, let's move forward and like really make an effort to like not have each other feel like this anymore. Aubrey said, what are some things you do to calm yourself down when you start panicking slash feeling anxious? I think the first thing I do is like acknowledge it from a logical way. Like I really start feeling it sometimes physically and I start kind of like getting shortness of breath or like my chest feels tight and I just kind of no, I'm like, oh, that's anxiety. And I just, for a second think, I'm like, okay, like, why am I feeling like this? And at first I try to like, not like shove it down. I try to be like, okay, here is where I really am right now. I'm sitting in my bedroom. I have this, this, and this to do. Is anything really wrong? Is anything really happening? Or was I just like really fragilely triggered by something that I just saw on my phone? Okay, I was. So I'm going to continue doing the things that I need to do because I don't have time for you right now, anxiety. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to be like, hey, anxiety, I actually don't have time for you right now. I'm not really sure why you're coming up, but I actually would not like to do this. And I would like to do the things and responsibilities I have on this current Wednesday. If it comes back later and I'm still feeling anxious, I'm like, wow, okay, this is coming back up. What's really going on? Like, how am I really feeling then? I don't make it worse. I don't like encourage it and go down a rabbit hole. If I start going down a rabbit hole, I'm like, oh my God, okay, like I clearly am. I clearly just, I, I need a mood booster then, right? Like I clearly can't continue to do other things that maybe I feel like doing right now because I'm so anxious. How can I feel better physically? So I'll maybe put my phone away or maybe I'll put on the TV or maybe I'm like, oh my God, I feel so gross and I'm so anxious and maybe I need to do something mindful right now like clean or cook or whatever. The next thing I do, if like nothing really helps and I'm feeling really, really shitty, I make sure to talk to someone. Like I have to talk to someone, whether it's calling my mom or texting my friends, just like leaning on people and being able to talk it out. Because if you really can't talk it out with yourself in your head, instead of making it worse and having yourself go crazy, talk to someone else, like literally talk to someone else. Because sometimes as I say things out loud, I'm like, and as I'm saying this, I realize how dumb it sounds and how I actually don't agree with it. Like that is something I say all the time. Someone will be like, well, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, well, it makes me feel like this, this, and this. And as I'm saying that, I realize that's really fucking stupid and I don't logically feel that way. But being able to have that conversation with someone and say it out loud makes me realize how I sound, even to myself. And I'm like, wait, no, like I actually don't think that. So I'm clearly just anxious and I need to like redirect my focus to solving any problem that actually has a solution and kind of discarding the other thing other things that are making me anxious and really focus on my breath and calming down and relaxing and taking time to take care of myself so I can not have this last days and days and days.
someone with a random username said, are you staying in Chicago? I think this is like something that actually a lot of people are going to say because I remember seeing it a couple days ago. I think people are very confused about where I live. I have an apartment in Chicago, so I do live in Chicago. But as you all know, I'm in a long distance relationship. So I will be going back to California quite frequently. Um, I don't know where I'll be living maybe next year, but right now I'm splitting my time. I'm very fortunate to have a place to stay in California and I'm very fortunate to have a place to stay in Chicago. Maybe it's not totally amazing for my mental health, having no routine and maybe feeling like I don't have a permanent place, but what I do is I focus on remembering that it's not temporary. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. Routine is good for me and I do need to kind of say, okay, I do need routine in Chicago and I do need routine in California. I That's just what it is right now. It's temporary, but it is what it is right now. So I need to focus on making the best of my situation. These are the things that are a part of my routine when I'm in Chicago. These are the things that are a part of my routine when I'm in California. Because if this is going to be what I do from now on, I need to at least be able to know what to expect and have things that make me happy, have things that make me feel safe and make me feel like I'm in control. And if I don't want to do something, I don't have to do it. Whether that's like going back and forth one month, I don't have to if it's too much. Like just taking kind of like the pressure off has really been a lot better for my mental health, but then figuring out okay, well, I do want to go back and forth. So, how am I going to make that better for my mental health right now? Implementing routines, implementing structure into okay, this is how many times I'm going to go to California. So, I'm not just like going on a whim all the time and really not being able to kind of adjust and have a routine because that's just not how my brain works and that's not how I roll. I'm not a free spirit. I'm just fucking not. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I am I can't do it. So that's kind of how I'm dealing with going back and forth. So to answer your question, I'm in Chicago and I'm in California, but I pay rent in Chicago. Well, I guess I technically have a mortgage in California too. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm in both, okay? This is a good one. Murari said, I hope I said your name right, how to trust your partner when you have had very bad past experience. I think we all, if we've been through a breakup of any kind, I mean, we're clearly not with that person anymore. So there's going to be things from your last relationship that come into your next relationship. And I think something that I've noticed is that I have a lot of triggers. But the key thing to take away from that sentence is I have a lot of triggers. It's not that like my my boyfriend right now is triggering me based on just things that he's doing. It comes from past experiences you can't hold things against your partner that your previous partner did to you because they're not that person. You're dating a different person. You're dating a new person. And I think it takes a lot of internal healing and self-worth and self-work because you have to figure out how to manage those triggers and how to manage your trust. Like has your partner given you any reason not to trust him or do you just struggle trusting him from your last partner? That's something that you have to figure out. Okay, clearly I have triggers. I need this, this, and this to be able to trust you. But don't just like assume that he's going to do the same things that your ex-boyfriend did or assume that like this is going to be your situation again. It's more so like recognizing the triggers and thinking out loud about them, maybe with your partner, maybe with someone else, like a therapist, and working in a productive way because they aren't, 
your ex. They're just simply not. They're fully a different human being. So you can't build these resentments and build these triggers that without talking out loud about them because they all stem from your past relationship. That's not fair to bring it into your next relationship. What is fair is to take note of your last relationship and know what you need in your current relationship. Not to hold it against the other person, but to hold yourself and your relationship to a higher standard based on your past experiences. It truly takes a lot of work because sometimes you don't realize like, oh shit, like I'm being triggered and it's really not because my boyfriend's doing anything. It's because it reminds me of something that's happened to me before that's not totally happening right now, but it's making me feel like it could happen and now I'm scared. And maybe I don't totally trust you because maybe I shouldn't trust you because I shouldn't have trusted my last boyfriend. Like that's all internal fucking mind games that you need to think logically about and you need to get real with yourself about and figure out what you really want to bring into your new relationship and bring it in a positive and healthy way. Like here's what I need to... Here's what I need to feel loved. And this is what makes me feel loved. And it's not like this crazy of like, and I'm going to check your phone because my ex-boyfriend wouldn't let me check his phone. Like, that's like that's crazy. But hey, maybe that's your thing. I don't fucking know. I'm just saying like, think out loud about it. Notice your triggers. Notice what's coming up for you from your past relationship in your new relationship. But don't let it ruin your current relationship. Just make it work. Just make it make you work harder in your new relationship to have an even healthier and more meaningful one. I mean, you were in your last relationship and it didn't work out, but I'm sure you learned so much from it. So use that to your advantage. Use it as like your power, your superpower of like, oh my God, I have been in a relationship before with trust issues and I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about what kind of love I want and deserve. And I'm going to make sure I get that in my next relationship without holding, you know, my new partner accountable for my old partner's actions. Avery said, struggling with feeling super guilty when I take time for myself. Thoughts on that? I mean, 100%. I feel like we all feel guilty when we take time for ourselves, but we really, really shouldn't. I think the thing that always makes me feel so much better and less guilty is when I take time for myself, although I might feel guilty, I remind myself I am taking this time for myself so I can be the best version of myself when I serve and love other people. If I don't take that time for myself, I can't be the best friend. I can't be the best child. I can't be the best sister. I can't be, I can't be the best girlfriend, daughter, whatever for other people. So I shouldn't feel guilty for taking time for myself because if I don't, I'm going to do a really shitty job job at my job. I mean, I'm going to do a really shitty job at being a girlfriend and I'm going to do a really shitty job at being a friend. So as much as like you feel guilty for taking time for yourself, like you need those boundaries and you need that time so that you don't burn out in other aspects of your life and so that you can actually thrive in all the other aspects of your life. Like you have to reframe it in your mind that way because taking time for yourself is essential. I know it's hard and I know you can feel guilty. Maybe you feel like you don't even want to because you feel so much joy from other people, but you have to get comfortable spending time alone and you have to get comfortable kind of like filling yourself up for yourself and then being able to like share you know, the best version of yourself with other people. It's kind of like a win-win. Brianna said, how do you balance traveling between two places? My boyfriend is in Louisiana, but I miss San Diego. I mean, I feel like I kind of just talked about it, but I wanted to repeat it because like it does make me feel seen because I do personally feel like I'm going a little fucking crazy going back and forth between two places. I think it's like really hard. And I think that like on a different thought tangent is like it is really hard and it is a lot so like that's why I'm saying like you have to focus on putting things into a way in which you control them which like having plans having times that you go to these places 
having times that you travel and having the routines and the things that you do in each place because you're else like you are going to burn out and you are going to go even more crazy. Cause like, I feel like I'm definitely going crazy right now, but I'm talking with my therapist about it. I'm talking honestly with myself about it and I'm figuring out how to make it work because it is the situation that I'm in. And I know it's high risk, high reward type of thing. And I say risk in a sense of like risk for my sanity. Um, but if I do it the right way and I do it smart, then I feel like it's okay to go between two places and you have to figure out what works best for you. Like for some people, they might be like, oh, it's totally good for me to go travel and see my boyfriend every weekend. I don't think that would be how it worked best for me. And so it's kind of figuring out what works best for you. And then like when you go to the place and you travel to the place, you can actually enjoy it because you're like, this is the time I go visit my boyfriend in Louisiana. And I know that this is what I do when I'm in Louisiana. And I know that I go back home and I have my routine there. And then I go back in like a month. And like, that's just kind of like my routine right now. I don't think obviously, and I think it's like, it's not forever. Like some people do it for a year. Some people do it for a few years, but like at the end of the day, like you're, you know, eventually going to be living in the same place. So try to just focus on making it work for you right now. And you can always reevaluate. You can always change course. You don't have to do everything perfectly. Clara said, how long should I wait before going after a guy who just got out of a long-term relationship? I mean, like, I feel like there's so many other details that I need. Um, I think that, like, obviously, maybe just kind of, like, go off his vibe. And, like, if he seems like he's, like, getting out there and he's, like, doing well, just, like, maybe put, you know, put, like, a little feeler out there that, like, lets him know that you're interested in him. But, like, ultimately, like he's going to be ready when he's ready, but also it takes the right person, I think, to be ready. I don't think I was ready to get into a relationship after my long-term relationship, but I accidentally met someone who I was completely ready to date. And if you would have asked me like literally two days before uh, that day, if I was ready, I would have said no. And then after we had dinner that night, I would have said yes. So I think it's just like putting a feeler out there and like kind of, you know, getting together with that person and being there for them. But, you know, you can and just being honest because you don't want to play games. And I think playing games and relationships are like kind of whatever, but at the same time, like just be honest, communicate how you're feeling. If he's ready, he'll be mature and communicate back to you, but don't just like, you know, be the only one get putting in effort. Like he should, you know, go after you too. Ooh, this is interesting. Elena said, my boyfriend broke up with me after four years because he's not doing well mentally. He wants to continue being friends and says he wants to find his way back to me. Any tips on whether I should try and get over him or wait? So I think that like guys, honestly, like if I want to just like do like typical like influencer doing a Q&A advice, a lot of guys use this as an excuse. I mean, when my ex broke up with me, like one of his main reasonings was because he had to focus on himself. Um, if you're in a healthy relationship, you can focus on yourself self and be in a healthy relationship. And also, like, if he's focusing on himself, you should damn well be focusing on yourself, too. Whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, if someone's focused, you should always be focusing on yourself, but it should be a real big wake-up call. If they're like, I'm going to focus on myself, you should be like, okay, well, yeah, then I'm going to do that, too. So you're going to have to get over him by falling back in love with yourself as well. If you two are truly meant to be together and he does really want to find his way back to you, I'm sure that he will, but you, like, simply cannot know that. Um, So you really the really only thing you can do is focus on yourself. And by doing that, by surrounding yourself with people that love you, that people that, you know, are focusing on themselves, but make time for you, like go out, have fun, find new mood boosters, find new routines, find new things to do. Like you have to try to get over him no matter what, but it's not like, Ooh, how do I get over a guy? It's like, how do I fall back in love love with myself? 
And that's when real love comes into your life anyway. And it's either going to be him or it's not going to be him. But either way, you're going to be falling in love with yourself and having fun with your friends and thriving in your career and working out, whatever you see on fucking Instagram, you know? But it's true. Managing guilt for putting yourself first. I think the question here, Brit, is managing having boundaries. You're allowed to have boundaries. And everyone pretty much does have boundaries. Everyone pretty much does put themselves first, like if you really think about it. And so I think it's like figuring out how to not feel guilty for having boundaries. And I think it's something that we all struggle with, especially those of us that are people pleasers or empaths or whatever. And I think that sometimes for me, at least, and the reason I'm kind of responding to this this way is I think that the term putting yourself first, like I feel like it just has this like yucky, like kind of vibe with it or connotation with it. And that's why I just like, I kind of almost want to rephrase it to boundaries because it just like sounds so much more like emotionally intelligent and mature and like a necessity when you put it like that. So try to figure out maybe too, like when you say you're putting yourself first, like what does that mean? Like, can you think of boundaries? Does that like Or, like, do you just feel like you're, like, in a selfish phase and you don't care about certain things? Like, try to, like, figure out really what putting yourself first means because, for me, like, I know putting myself first, okay, that just makes me think, okay, like, taking care of myself. But what's really mature and what's really sustainable and what's really important is having boundaries. And also it allows you to be there for other people and be the best version of yourself as well. So maybe try to, like, think about it in that way and think about, like, why you're guilty and try to, like, realize, like, okay, but why do I need these boundaries? Like, I feel guilty because I have to not spend as much time with this person and it's putting myself first. Okay, but it's a boundary for you because that person sucks your energy from you and makes you feel like shit afterwards. Like, does that really make you feel guilty then that you have a boundary? I feel like for some reason it just resonates in a more positive way for me when I Think about it like that. Christina said, the best advice you were ever given and that you'd pass on to your kids one day. There's, like, honestly so much. Like, my life revolves around advice and just, like, kind of, like, figuring life out, I think. And I think it's because I also need a lot of advice, so it probably changes, like, every year. But something that always sticks to me, but something that always sticks with me is that it's not about the destination. It's about, like, the journey getting there and that you take, like, small steps every day. Um, to get to your goals, like nothing great happens overnight. And I think that it just kind of like frames life in like the most perfect way of like, listen, like you are not going to simply know like where you're going to end up. Like life is always going to happen and things are always going to happen that you don't plan for. So what all you can really do is do small things every single day that further your growth and your career and your relationship and your life and you really can't focus on the destination because I mean for me I always know it's like man plans God laughs like there's always a better plan in store and you can't be 100% certain about anything and that's really really scary but it also is really really incredible and I feel like things always end up working out for the better and working out for the best so don't focus so much about the destination don't focus so much about the timeline just focus on taking small steps every single day and enjoying the ride because it's a fucking ride and you you're never going to arrive somewhere like life is just life and it's full of ups and downs and emotions that are good and bad and all these different moods so you I think the best advice I've ever gotten is like really focus on the journey not the destination and as I've gotten older I'd realized that like we actually like never really know the destination anyway so like why are we even focused on it
And that doesn't mean that like you can't have goals. It's like in my mind, it's like, okay, but like I I do want to get married and have kids one day. Like that's so fabulous for you, Lauren. Like I'm sure. And it's great to have a goal and it's great to have morals and it's great to have desires and things you want to accomplish. But like at the end of the day, like you have to trust that things are happening in the time that they're supposed to happen. And even when you, and like, you're going to miss out on so many awesome things and so many awesome people. If you just like focus on something that doesn't even exist yet, that you just like want to exist so badly, you might even ruin something. Like I always think like you might even ruin the person you're going to marry because you're so focused on rushing it and squeezing it. It's like that bar of soap analogy, right? That we talked about. Like if you just squeeze it and you focus so much on holding the bar of soap, you're going to squeeze it so hard and it's going to slip out of your fingers and you're just going to miss the whole thing. When you have this like beautiful bar of soap in your hand that you could have been like, caring for and like making sure it stayed balanced and in your hand so I think that that's kind of like what I try to remember and what I definitely would like pass down on to people younger than me or like my own kids this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. if there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals maybe like all the questions you guys have sent in for this episode you guys, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and just send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available better health wants you to start living a happier life today visit betterhelp.com mood that's better h-e-l-p and join the over two million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional in fact so many people have been using better help that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states don't forget about my special offer for mood listeners get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com mood Ooh, i love this someone said green flags in relationships we're like obviously so used to talking about red flags that like Green flags are something so amazing too. I think a good green flag is someone that openly communicates and honestly communicates how they're feeling or what they want. I think that it shouldn't be a scary thing when someone's like, what do you want? And they actually tell you what they want. If someone obviously isn't capable of doing that or makes them uncomfy, like maybe that's kind of like a yellow flag, you know? So I think that communication is always a green flag. I think when someone like really includes you in their life and makes an effort to kind of introduce you to friends and family and like really incorporate you into their lives. I think that's such an amazing green flag because it means that, you know, they want you to be a part of their life. Obviously making time for you is a green flag. I think it really is a green flag though when they do have their own friends and their own passions and their own boundaries and stuff, because it means that, you know, they, are mature and they do have their own things in life that they love. And that's why I say that them including you and stuff is so great because you want to be able to experience amazing things together, but like you don't want to just have your identities be each other. Right. So it's like, I feel like almost too like green flags can apply to us, like how we're showing 
maybe people that were dating green flags that like we are open communicators that we have boundaries that we have our own amazing lives but like you'd love to bring them into it and you'd love to be honest about things and you'd love to see where it goes I think that like taking it slow is a green flag I think rushing into something could be a red flag like even though falling in love is exciting and you know, you just want to like go, 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 go. I think taking it slow, although like maybe at first you're like, whoa, why are we pumping the brakes or why are we slowing down or why don't, why aren't you head over heels in love with me? I think taking it slow is really mature and it means like you're being very gentle and intentional and caring with your feelings in this other person that you care a lot about. I think taking it slow and not rushing is a green flag. So I think that, I think obviously red flags are like way easier to find and talk about. Um, but green flags are something really great to focus on and, you know, take note of, too, because you don't want to just focus on red flags when you're going out and meeting new people. Callie said, any advice on dealing with disappointment? I love this question because I think that disappointment is a mood that I actually haven't really maybe talked about. Um, but I feel like it's something that when we're feeling sad or maybe when things don't go our way, like... I feel like we don't really talk about it that much. And I feel like the reason I like the question is how to deal with disappointment is like, I think the first thing is just know that being disappointed is okay. Like it's okay to be disappointed. Like it's okay to be sad. Like I think the main thing is to like acknowledge obviously that it is okay to be disappointed, but to not let it completely then change the trajectory of what you were moving towards, whether it was this job or a career change or a relationship, something or a friend or whatever. I think that disappointment should be felt and it should be acknowledged and it's okay. And being disappointed sucks, but like, don't make it worse in a sense of like, make it about you. Don't be like, Oh, like I'm constantly be disappointed in my job search. So like, obviously I'm have, I'm underqualified and insert imposter syndrome here you're allowed to be disappointed and feel feelings, but that doesn't mean that you're not worthy and like it's not going to work out and you're not going to find these things. Don't let it change the trajectory. Feel it, acknowledge it, but keep moving forward and stay positive. Like maybe you take the night to be disappointed, but like you wake up in the morning and you keep going and you figure it out and you roll with the punches. So like how to deal with disappointment, feel it, acknowledge it, know that it's okay to be disappointed. You're even allowed to tell people you're disappointed. You don't have to pretend you're okay. You don't have to be like, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't want that job anyway. Okay, that's cool. Maybe you did though, and you're disappointed, and you could use some support for the night. Maybe have some ice cream and laugh with your girlfriends, and then guess what? You're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to get back on the job search, and you're going to keep going, and things are going to work out. You might be disappointed again, probably will be disappointed again but that's okay life is full of disappointments but it's also full of a lot of amazing things as well and you're, you're gonna be okay and you're either gonna get what you want eventually or you're gonna get something even better I know it sounds really really cheesy but I've learned m enough times to be able to tell you it's true Ooh, I love this one. How to not self-sabotage in a relationship. This is something I've been talking to my friends about for the past two weeks because it goes exactly to what we've been talking about. You don't take your triggers and just like ways you acted based on insecurities and triggers and past experiences into your new relationship. I think that the way to not self-sabotage in your relationship is to like be very aware 
of yourself. You have to become very logical and very critical of yourself when you do stupid shit. Like you just do. Because things that maybe served you and your insecurities and your anxiety and your trust issues and your shitty ex-boyfriend, they're probably not going to serve you in trying to build a healthy relationship. And therefore, you acting out or falling into old habits based on those things, like you're only self-sabotaging. And so for me, what I've learned is like a lot of my triggers and anxieties, if I play into them or I don't acknowledge them in my own time, in my own head or in my own therapy, I'm going to self-sabotage a beautiful relationship that I'm building and it has nothing to do with my partner and it has everything to do with me healing my own wounds, healing my own past and continuing to grow. And I think that that's totally okay to admit. I'm not going to sit here and act like, Oh my God, I healed everything right before I got into another relationship. And I would never self-sabotage because I am so emotionally mature and perfect. Like it's just not true. Like I found myself like making little shitty comments where I'm like, Oh, it, that's because I felt really insecure in relationships before and I kind of felt a little triggered because I'm tired and you're tired and I'm not sure if anything's going to ever work out and I'm feeling really anxious and I'm going to make a bitchy comment because that's what I did in my last relationship for love. And guess what I did 30 seconds later? I thought in my head, oh, wait, maybe I did that because it's what I did for love and I just want love and to feel loved. And that's probably not a really healthy and mature way to get it. Maybe I don't have to make a bitchy comment or get in a fight in order to get love like I did in my last relationship. Maybe I can just like say how I'm feeling or put out my hand because I want my hand held right now. And then you end up not self-sabotaging. You're going to make a few mistakes. I'm not perfect. I've, like I said, made like little comments that stem from my insecurities, but I know that they're from my insecurities. And therefore, I don't make them now because I'm learning about my old triggers and my old patterns and my insecurities now in a healthy relationship. If you're trying not to self-sabotage in a relationship, you have to get real with yourself. I talk to this, I talk with, I talk about this with my friends. I talk about this with my therapist. I'm very aware that we're all very prone to self-sabotaging. And I know it comes a lot from my anxiety and I know it comes a lot from fear. And what do I always say on the podcast? You have to think out of love and not fear. When I think out of love and I act out of love instead of out of fear, I get 100% of the results that I desire because I'm not acting out of fear. And I know that for a fact in this relationship. If I acted out of fear when, you know, my boyfriend and I started dating, we wouldn't have been officially dating. But I acted out of love, even though I was disappointed, and I didn't self-sabotage, and I thought of the fear, I thought of the love, I acted out of love, and everything turned out to be fine. Someone literally asked the same question about self-sabotaging, but also then said, have you ever found yourself being afraid of falling in love? Uh, yes, I thought about this last night. I literally was like, oh my God, like maybe I'm actually just like really scared because I am back in a serious relationship. But then the spiral starts. Then I say, oh my God, maybe I'm not ready. Oh my God, maybe like I, I, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. And that's when I start going crazy and self-sabotaging. That's not, that's not bueno, you know? I think being afraid to fall in love is just like totally normal. So instead of spiraling, just like, you know, acknowledge it and be like, yeah, because it is fucking scary. Falling in love is scary. You know why? Because you start to put your walls down. You start to show someone who you really are. You start to invest time. You start to invest energy. You start to invest just choices in your life. Like, and it's scary. But you want to know why it's scary? Because of your ego. Your ego is going to say, yeah, and what if it fails? What if you fail? Aren't you going to be embarrassed? Aren't you going to wish you didn't do it? 
oh, well, that's cute of you, ego. You're right. Let me lock myself in my room and not experience anything good and any love in my life just in case it doesn't work out. Like, no, you can't do that. So, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. But you got to try. You got to put yourself out there. And falling in love and being loved and loving other people love is like literally the most incredible most beautiful and the only reason why life's ups and downs are worth living so it's like don't shut yourself off from it like it doesn't mean you have to like rush and jump and put all of your walls down at once like you can guard your heart a little bit you can be smart but don't self-sabotage in a sense of just being like oh my god I'm so scared like maybe this won't work out and maybe I'm an idiot and I'm embarrassed and I don't know and blah 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 tell your ego to shut up that's acting out of fear and not out of love. And guess what? You can also act out of love for yourself too. And maybe that just means having boundaries and taking it slow and that's okay. Elena said, how do you practice gratitude? I practice gratitude like literally every single day in moments of anxiety, in moments of happiness. I have to do it all the time. I think that I'm constantly just like focused on the things that are great in my life because I there are great things, even when there are bad things. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to like push away the bad things with the good things. It's just like a nice reminder. Like it's just like a nice reminder. And like you, you have to focus on those things too. So I pray every night before I go to bed and I get really real with myself and how I'm feeling. But I also want to like remember the things I'm grateful for. It's like, that's why we do best mood and worst mood every week. Because it's like, even though there's worst moods there's always a best one in there somewhere and it's important to acknowledge those things and find those things in your life and be grateful for even things that seem really really small and insignificant you're listening to this podcast which like literally straight up simply means you're alive so if all you can do is wake up in the morning and be like oh i'm grateful to be alive today even though my life sucks sure i'm sure like whatever but guess what you're freaking alive like that's that's cool like can you just take like two seconds to at least be grateful for that start small i don't know this is weirdly interesting lean mango said especially since it's your job how do you not let social media consume you does anyone remember that instagram went down on monday for like the longest it's ever been down in our entire existence that was definitely a wake-up call just mostly on my muscle memory that i was like one of those people that kept clicking on it even though even though there was nothing um and I think that like especially when I've taken breaks especially since social media is my job like there's like this added anxiety of like you feel like you're not going into the office type of thing but like social media is like such a different like toxic wormhole than like maybe some office buildings where people go in for work so it's you know it's a fine balance between like it being my job and also just being a thing like it is for everyone else that I just use as a person and I think the way that I don't let it consume me is I have to really focus on putting my phone down I have to focus on the fact that Instagram is not real life Instagram is not reality it is a highlight reel I don't know half of these people their lives probably aren't aren't perfect like we all know enough about social media now to where like we have to not compare and despair because the only person we're hurting is ourselves and like the person you're comparing yourself to is probably comparing themselves to someone else so like why are we all wasting our time obviously it's human we're gonna compare ourselves but 
don't let it consume you in the sense of like put your phone down, unfollow people that make you feel like shit, follow accounts that boost your mood. Like if you saw my Instagram feed, it'd be a combination of like people's outfits that like I really like. They don't make me jealous. They make me just want to like save it for inspo. I don't feel like I'm like, oh my God, like I wish I was that person. Like, cause that happens on Instagram sometimes. Like those are people that I've like unfollowed because they make me feel like shit about myself. And like, I'd rather focus on the things I love about myself because it's already hard enough to love yourself. I don't need you on my feed, like, making me feel like shit. Unfollow. Then if you saw my feed, it's, like, literally bajillion inspirational quotes, like, all the time because I like to learn and I like to see things that make me happy. I like to see tools that maybe I could share with you guys and share in my real life with real people. Like, it's really curating your social media to be a mood booster and not letting it consume you in that way and also not letting it consume you in a sense of like having other things to do besides sit on your phone because if instagram goes down again we're gonna all be like okay this happened what did i do last time probably not a lot since it was like temporary so try to fill up your time with other things too jenna said how did you know to move i'm not gonna lie to you jenna i didn't um and I still don't and I think that that's like something also that's like stressing me out of like oh my god did I make the right decision was it an impulse decision but it's like it's the same thing of like guess what it happened we talk all the time about how you can always change course and how it's okay to not know and I don't know if it was the right decision but I'm here and I'm gonna make the best of it and I don't maybe know where I'm gonna be in six months and that's okay and I'm probably not gonna know till I get there anyway so you know I think I knew it was time to move when I felt like moving and I felt like we'd been in a pandemic and I could and the opportunity presented itself. And I was like, well, let's go try this out. And it's either going to be the best thing I ever did or it's going to be a fun, interesting experience or it's going to not be fun. It's going to teach me a lot. You can't know anything for sure. And that's okay. So you don't have to know, but maybe you have to know you're willing to try. Maybe that's the way to say it. Like, how did you know you were willing to try? I knew I was willing to try because I just, I felt like I was willing to give it a go. Like I felt like I was at a time in my life where I didn't need to be where I was and I could be somewhere else. So why not try it? So many people are asking for um, the boyfriend story. (laughs) And someone was like, I thought you broke up. Different person. Melanie said, are you able to still be friends with your ex? Or are you able to be friends yet? Um, I'd say that like I'm able to be friendly and I think it's nice to be friendly because I think that we've talked about talked about this before that like um, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I just think life's too short for that. I think that it depends like what kind of boundaries you need. Like obviously like I don't need to be BFF with my ex, but I don't need to not be friendly with my ex. And that's kind of like my final, like my, the fine line between the two. Right. I mean, it's not fine. It's just like a boundary. It's like, you know, when my grandpa was passing away, I had a really kind conversation with my ex because he knew my grandpa very well. And I was very grateful that he reached out and we had a nice short and sweet conversation and it was lovely and it felt nice, but that doesn't mean like all of a sudden we're becoming best friends again because like we're both moving on with our lives and doing different things, but it doesn't mean we have to hate each other either. And it means we can have respect for each other. Um, and I think that that's like a good place to be. I think obviously everyone's situation is different. Like some people are still in the same group of friends or some people are still in the same city. Like I'm not really in California. Like I don't really go to like group hangouts anymore. Um, But I would have no problem doing that. And I think that that just comes with time and healing and just choosing to 
live a life of like kindness and not drinking the poison um, that I kind of like 10 out of 10 recommend. Reese said something new you are applying to this relationship. Ooh, I will tell you something new I'm replying to this relationship is um, knowing I'm allowed to have needs and uh, making them clear to my partner because I was young and I was, you know, not completely emotionally mature and I thought that I had to be perfect. And I know a big part of that was me thinking that I needed to be perfect, not just someone else expecting me to be perfect. But I simply thought I, you know, I set the precedent of like, look at me, I'm perfect. And like, no one's perfect. And then I was afraid to ask for what I needed. And I was afraid to express how I was really feeling. And you can only do that for so long and then it blows up in your face. And so what I practice now in my friendships and in my relationships is, um, you know, making my needs clear and making sure my needs are met and, um, you know, making sure I'm meeting the other person's needs and making sure that I'm, you know, openly and honestly communicating how I feel and not pretending to be perfect, honestly, because I think that no one wants to date anyone that's perfect because then it makes the other person uncomfy and it makes them think that they need to be perfect. Um, some people do think they need to be perfect though, and that's on them and then that's not on you. So be yourself and the right person will meet your needs, especially when you express them. Someone that loves you wants to meet your needs, you know, like it's, it's not like a scary thing. And I thought it was like a very scary thing. And so I've learned that it's not, and it's actually a really helpful and healthy thing. And it's really, really cool to do. So 10 out of 10 recommend. Hannah said, building new friendships as an adult, building adult Building adult friendships obviously can be, like, really hard because you don't have that, like, infrastructure of, like, school where you're, like, stuck with these people every single day and only these people and, like, that's, like, your, you know, extracurricular activity and, like, your school schedule and, like, on the weekends, blah, blah, blah. So I know that it can be very intimidating and I think that, like, obviously, like, utilize, like, the things you do, right? Like, whether it's, like, the workout classes you go to, the job that you have, like, the coffee shop, like, just, like, places and people in your real life, like, I think also like being that friend that like um, invites other people and kind of like introduces other friends, I think is like something I like about myself and I like about other people as well. So it's like if someone's having a birthday party, maybe you don't know anyone, like take advantage of it. Like it's your friend and they probably have other friends that you like too. So like take the opportunity to get to know them. Or like if you are in a new relationship, I know like a lot of people meet good friends like through the other girlfriends in the group and stuff like that. Like that's how I have some of my best friends. Like Michelle is one of my best friends and it's because our boyfriends at the time, my ex and her boyfriend, were best friends and that that's how we became friends. And even though like I'm not in that relationship anymore, like now I have a lifelong friend in Michelle. And so just kind of like take advantage of your situation and put yourself out there. And like if you are a good friend, like you will find good friends, even if it takes time. So like focus on yourself, but also focus on putting yourself out there too and building new friendships. And remember that as an adult, like you're allowed to have different friends for different things. Maybe you have a certain friend you call when you want to go do a workout class, but you have a different friend you call when you want to do um, wine night and be like super kooky and crazy. And maybe those aren't the same people and that's okay. Everything does, everyone doesn't have to be everything to you. So don't try to like, you know, replicate maybe the friendship like circle you had when you were in a sorority or in high school or whatever it is. Like being an adult is like maybe, you know, having your mom friends and then having your younger friends and having your workout friends, having your actual work friends. Like you're allowed to have like little different groups. I think that sometimes it's fun to bring people together, but like you're also allowed to like keep it separate. 
There are honestly so many more good questions. I could probably do this for another very long time, but I'm going to save it for when we need another solo episode because like we always tend to, especially with my schedule right now. But that was really, really fun. I like appreciate you guys coming in clutch with like some fun like questions and advice asking. And I really love just like kind of like chilling and talking to you guys. I'm really sorry that this episode is a little late. Like I said, travel schedule, to-do list. I'm trying my best. Um... Whew, I'm so tired, but I feel like, you know, we're getting to know each other and we're being open and honest and we're just like embracing life on life's term. We're embracing life on life's terms and that's the best that we can do guys. So make sure to follow Mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram for even more mood boosters, updates, and everything that you need to make social media not toxic because mood is a great place and it's a safe space. You guys are absolutely incredible. I adore each and every one of you. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Send it to maybe someone who needs to hear this week's little current mood convo of advice and Q&As that they could get something from it. Send it to a friend. Be a good friend. Send them mood. And I will talk to you guys next Wednesday, even though I tend to upload late sometimes. Life is hard. You got to live life on life's terms. Didn't we just say that? If mood comes to you on a different day, just accept it. Oh, my gosh. Love you. Bye.